19, Psalms 19. And uh, for the interest of time, I will not read the entire six verses, but uh, I do want to share with you verse number one, Psalms 19, verse one. You will find these words, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. The heavens declared the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. I want to talk to you all for just a little while or as the spirit leads from this subject matter, the sermon of the skies. The sermon of the skies. The heavens declare the glory of God the sermon of the skies when you look at Psalms 19 keep your Bibles open in this Psalms David meditates on God's creation God's word his own sinfulness and God's forgiveness. As God reveals himself through nature, verses one through six, we learn about his power and our finiteness. As God reveals himself through scripture, that would be the seventh through the 11th verses, we learn about his holiness and our sinfulness. As God reveals himself through daily experiences, that's in verses 12 through 14, we learn about his gracious forgiveness that frees us from all guilt. The late uh, President Abraham Lincoln said, he said, I can see how it might be possible for a man to look down upon the earth and be an atheist, but I cannot conceive how he could look up into the heavens and say, there is no God. David proclaimed this message of God's existence in what is one of the most treasured psalms and one of the world's most beautiful poems. You all need to understand that Psalm 19 is rich in theology. It eloquently illustrates the astounding truth that God, the, the magnificent artist of the skies, wants people to know him personally. He has made himself known to us through natural or general revelation and through special or specific revelation. In other words, in other words, nature and the Bible, his works and his word. And so this Psalms, this Psalms make a significant distinction between natural and special revelation. In discussing the witness of the skies, 
David used the name God, which is a general name that means strong, powerful one. You see, when, when he discussed the witness of the scripture, he referred to God as the Lord. In other words, Yahweh or Jehovah, his, his personal name. As stated, an important distinction emerges from, from these names. Nature reveals that there is a God, a, a powerful, intelligent, personal being who created and ordered all things. Scripture reveals who this God is, his, his personal name, his nature, his incredible love and plan for humanity. Let me talk to y'all for a minute. Watch this, watch this, because we do not know the exact time or occasion when David penned these inspired words. Perhaps it was in the years of his youth while witnessing a beautiful sunrise as his father's sheep began to rouse. It might have been on a cloudy afternoon in the wilderness when, yeah, he was a fugitive from Saul. Still, the words may have come to mind one quiet evening on his palace balcony as he gazed at the breathtaking sunset. So whatever the time or place, the marvelous meditations of this beloved psalm continues to thrill God's people today. Ah, they stir us to fall on our faces to worship the one who longs for us to know him in a personal, intimate way. Can I say that again? God wants every one of us to know him in a personal and intimate way. Well, as David pondered the majesty of the heavens, the Spirit of God opened his heart to understand what we refer to as God's general revelation of himself to humanity. Yeah, the Holy Spirit moved upon him to record this remarkable message. You know, Peter said later on in 2 Peter, the, the first chapter, verse number 21, he says, for the prophecy came not in old times by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so when I look at Psalms 19, I cannot help but think that David is now being moved by the Spirit of God. And what does David say when you glance down at verses 1 through four, David, first of all, he tells us this. He says, you know what? He says, the sky declares God's glory. Yeah, I don't want you to miss that. David said, the sky, the sky, the heavens, the sky declares God's glory. And not only does it declare God's glory, but it also declares his existence and creative power. Oh, glance down at verses one through four. You cannot help but to see that David was all struck. 
He was awestruck as he witnessed the wonders of the sky, recognizing a vital truth. And that truth simply was this, that the heavens speak. Uh, they proclaim the word of God's glory. You have to understand that the definition of the word glory, it falls short of conveying all that is contained in its meaning. Uh, what you're talking about, Pastor? Well, you have to understand that the Hebrew, that the Hebrew word for glory, it literally means weightiness or heaviness. I'm going to say that again. It means weightiness or heaviness. But guess what? It's in a positive way. Yeah, it can be defined as honor, splendor, or greatness. In other words, to give glory is to assign a person the weight of honor he or she is due. And so in relation to God, the concept of glory is something far more. I need y'all to understand because sometimes it is the manifestation of his presence. I don't want you to miss that. Sometimes glory is the manifestation of his presence. You see, when God appears in the Bible, it is described as glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to show it to you. Anytime God appears in the Bible, hey, it is described as glory. You remember, you remember in Exodus, the 16th chapter, right around verse number nine, it says, and it came to pass as Aaron spake unto the congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And watch this, not only did they see the cloud, but verse 11 says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, and the Lord said, I've heard the mummerings of the children of Israel. And he said, speak unto them, saying, at evening ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord thy God. Well, somebody ought to pray, Lord, let your presence fill this place. Because even in the midst of what you're going through, you need to understand that God still has a, a word for you. You need to understand that when glory appears and the presence of God is in your midst, sick bodies will be healed. Well, I better move on because when you glance at the 40th chapter of the book of Exodus, verse number 34 and 35, it says, then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And then in verse number 35, it says, and Moses was not able ha, to enter into the tent of the tabernacle of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord, watch this, it filled the tabernacle. If you want to get some of that mess out of your house, oh, God, help me preach. I dare you to declare and ask God, God, fill my house 
with your glory. Because how many of y'all know that God's house can't be filled with glory? Your house can't be filled with glory. And that drug addict song come in every night full of drugs. Come on here, because when your house is filled with glory, you need to understand that it's the very presence of God. And in his presence, presence, guess what? There is fullness of joy. And how many of y'all know the glory of God? It can break every chain. Somebody ought to declare, break every chain, break every chain. I dare you to fill your house right where you're sitting with the glory of God. Because sometimes it is the manifestation of his presence. But then notice something. Not only is it the manifestation of his presence, but it is also the manifestation of God's person. Ah, yeah, it's the manifestation of God's person. In other words, all that he is. John 1 and 1 in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then when you skip down to verse number 14, and what do we say? And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And then it says, and it's amazing, it's in parentheses. It says, and we beheld his glory. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It says, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So I need you to get it here. Whenever some aspect of God, hallelujah, his character, his nature, his power, his holiness, his majesty is illuminated. It is called glory. Hallelujah. You need to understand it's called glory. And when the very essence of God is manifest in part or in whole, you need to understand it's glory. My God, words themselves Words themselves cannot convey the glory of God. And let me say it again. Your vocabulary, I don't care how smart you are. Yeah, we try to give him all the honor. We try to give him all the glory. We try to give him all of the praise. But guess what? Words, my God, cannot convey the glory of God. All the adjectives that we can collect, we can say he's magnificent. He's marvelous amazing. He's awesome. He's dazzling, blinding. He's luxurious. He's radiant, splendid. He's wonderful. I need y'all to know all of those words are sadly inadequate when it comes to the glory of God. Because you know why? God's glory. Man, you better write this down. I'm going to take my time here. Listen, God's glory cannot be described, it must be witnessed. I'm going to let you chew on that for a minute. I'm going to say it again, God's glory. Uh, that's our problem. We've been trying to describe the glory of God. But you need to understand, you cannot describe the glory of God. It must be witnessed. And guess what? And witness it is when we look up into the heavens. When was the last time you picked your head up? When was the last time 
You stop murmuring and complaining and always crying about what you don't have and what you need. I challenge everybody when we get out of service today, put a rag on your head and put a raincoat on even though it's almost 100 degrees outside. And I want you to look up into the sky because when you look up into the sky, you're looking up into the heavens. And I want you to know there's a sermon in the sky. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, when you look up, God's glory is there. Hey, my God. Look up into the heavens. Look up into the sky. Why? Because they declare something. They declare the existence and the essence of God, his presence and his person. The heavens proclaim the fact that there is a God. It, my God, the fact that a personal being greater than the skies who created and ordered them, their vastness and beauty herald the truth that uh, that this God is almighty, a God of infinite wisdom and uh, ability. This is a natural, what's this? Or a general revelation of God, because you have to understand that God, uh, he has revealed himself to every human being through his uh, creation. Walk outside and look up. You cannot help but to see the existence uh, of God. And so what does David do in this 19th book of Psalms? David describes the nature of this selectual sermon. Oh, it's a sermon in the sky. Watch the text. Follow me, y'all. Y'all don't mean mind if I preach the Bible, do you? Follow me in verse number two, because when you glance at verse number two, uh, first of all, uh, uh, David will tell us that uh, it is an uninterrupted, continuous message. I'm going to say it again. It's an uninterrupted, continuous message. Now, I'm preaching this message. The pastor already knows if he ain't done in about 15, 20 minutes. I might lose some folk here today. But I need you to understand, David said, when you look up in the sky, you don't have to worry about it because it's an uninterrupted, it's a continuous message. Because in verse 2, he just declares every day. Somebody ought to shout every day. Every day, the sun, the clouds, and the blue background testifies of God. And then he says, every night, the stars convey knowledge of the one who numbers them and know each and every one of them by name. Some of y'all got three kids and you get their names mixed up, but we serve a God that name every star. Every star got a name on it. And I stop by here to tell you, God don't never get confused. Well, there's good news, my brothers and my sisters, because if God knows the name of every star, he knows you by your name. Somebody ought to say, God knows my name. God knows my name. Even though, let me calm down, I'm getting a little excited. 
even though in society we're known by a number. I need you to understand when it comes to God, you're not known by a number. God knows you by your name. Somebody ought to put it in the chat right now. God knows my name. God knows uh, my name even when I'm disturbed and when I become confused and mixed up and sometimes I might even forget my own name. I'm not going to worry about it. Why? Because God knows. Uh, hey, somebody ought to declare God knows. Uh, God knows my name. And so, and so, Psalms 147, verse 4, he telleth the numbers of the star. He calleth them all by their name. And so you need to understand this preacher is never silent. People cannot escape its voice 24 hours a day. The skies shout the glories of God who dwells beyond them. And so David said, yes, first of all, mm, it's an uninterrupted, it's a continuous message. And then when you look at verses three and four, he says something else. He says, secondly, not only is it an uninterrupted and continuous message, but then he said it is a universal message. It's a universal message. In other words, in, in, in other words one that reaches every human being. It's right there in the text. It's right there in the text. It's universal. It's going to reach every individual. It extends to every nation and to every corner of the earth. Its language is universal. Come on here. It's a tongue that's understood by all. Hey, this is possible. Hey, I'm going to bless somebody here because it's a wordless speech. I just want you to meditate on that. In other words, it's a wordless speech. It's a language that transcends human communication without the use of speech, words, and sound. God is the only person I know that can talk and don't even open up his mouth. Y'all ain't listening here to me. God's the only person I know that can make a sound and not even open up his mouth. Because when you look at verses three and four, in translating verse three, newer versions express that the heavens, they speak inaudibly and without words. In other words, they say there is no speech, nor are their words. Their voice is not heard, but yet there's a sermon being preached in, in the sky. Well, who's doing the preaching? I love the Bible. I don't know about y'all. When I look at verse 4 through 6, I can't help but to see who the preacher is in verse 4 and 6, because the preacher is the son, because it says the son declares S-U-N, son, it declares God's majestic glory. David's, hey, David's reference to the sunrise suggests that he wrote this psalm in the early mornings. Don declares, hey, the glory of God in a magnificent way. And apparently David recognized the sun as the primary body of the universe. It's in verse 4. And so he described the skies as a tabernacle or tent in which the sun dwells. In other words, the place the sun goes 
when it sets. Y'all, y'all, y'all stick in the Bible. And so the emerging of the morning sun over the horizon reminded David of a bridegroom gloriously and excitedly leaving his chamber on his wedding day. That's in verse five. And then he compared the daily circuit of the sun. It's rising in the east to its setting in the west to a strong conditioned runner speeding triumphantly across the course of a race five and six. And so in verse 6b, as the sun travels its route, it provides heat for everything it crosses. Hey, that's the kind of God that we serve. Hallelujah. Hey, as it travels its route, you got to understand, the sun is on a route. Even the sun got to obey. Hey, got to obey our God. And so when it's on its route, it provides heat for everything it crosses. Nobody, not one individual escapes its warmth, nor does anybody escape the message that it proclaims. It is crucial to understand that David, watch this, he wrote poetically. Now you have to understand that he was a poet. He wrote, uh, he wrote poetically. And so he did not write scientifically. And so skeptics of God's inspired word, how I many y'all know you're going to always have some skeptics out there. And so skeptics of God's inspired word point to this passage and others like it as a proof of scientific error in scripture. But I need y'all to understand there is no scientific error in the word of God. You better be careful who you're listening to and what you're reading. You're going to mess up your mind, your spirit, and everything else. I need you to understand, and I want to make it plain, there is no scientific errors in the word of God. Hallelujah. Because David spoke of things as they appear, just as, just as we do today. Similar terminology is often used today when we speak of the sun's rising and setting, even though the earth, watch this, the earth, not the sun, is actually doing the moving. Y'all do know that, don't you? That's what's actually doing the moving. But Bible writers, they use the language of appearance just as people always have. And so watch this. Without it, without it, the intended message would be awkward at best and probably not understood at all. But when the Bible touches on scientific subject matters, I need y'all to know it's entirely accurate because the Bible declares that a person who denies the existence of God the Bible said that person is a what? That person's a fool. In Psalm 14 and 1, the fool have said in his heart that what there is no God. And so when considering the wonders of nature, simple intelligence and reason should convince anyone of the reality of God. When you're driving down the street and you look up and see the mountains, you ought to be able to see God. If you get up early in the morning and you see the sun rising, you ought to be able to know that there is a God. When was the last time you saw a wonderful, beautiful sunset? 
When you saw that sunset, I need y'all to change your mind and your perspective. I don't want you. I don't want you to keep on thinking about your flesh and you hold somebody's hands and walking out in the distance into a land of nowhere through the sunset. You need to focus on God sometime. And in that mind, God in the sunset, you ought to be able to see God when there's rain in your life. You ought to see the rainbow that appears. And when you see the rainbow appear, you ought to know that's your covenant with God, that this storm is not going to take you under. And so you need to understand this is the very beginning of faith, believing what God has revealed about himself through nature. I'm stuck on that. I want y'all, let's start paying attention to nature, because there's a message in nature. As you go on your daily walks, hallelujah, pay attention to nature. God is speaking. Look up in the sky because there's a sermon in in the sky. Paul said in Romans 1 and 20, Paul said, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. I'm talking about the invisible things. Don't miss it. You know, the invisible things, those things that you're not really supposed to be seeing. But Paul says uh, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and the Godhead, so that they are without excuse. In other words, God will show you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I said, God will show you some things that other people cannot even see. What a mighty God we serve. And so when you look up in the sky, I want you to get the sermon about God, majesty, by his dominion. That's the best way we know how to describe it. But I stopped by here to tell you, God will show you so much more. Let me get ready to close. But I'm going to close with this uh, because as Paul began, as Paul began uh, his gospel revelation when preaching the gospel to those who had believed in false gods. And, and, and I just can't understand how anybody can believe in a false god. Now, that's just me. I don't understand it. But yet, we all know that it exists. We all know that it exists. I don't know how. It can, but how nobody can trust in the true and the living God. But Paul says something uh, in the 17th chapter of uh, the book of Acts. My God, in the 17th chapter uh, in the book of Acts, verse number 22, Paul said, then Paul stood in the midst of Mars' heels and said, Ye men of Athens, Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. I don't want y'all to miss this. And then he says, For as I passed by, I beheld your devotions, and I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. And then Paul says, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. Paul said in verse 24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, 
The well is not in temples made with hands. Neither is worship with man's hands as though he needed anything. Y'all be careful, those of you that worship and praise God like you're doing him a favor. Paul is talking to you right now. Hey, hey, he said as though God have need of anything. And he said, sin he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Verse 26, and have made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bonds of their inhabitation. And then verse number 27, that they should seek the Lord if heavily they might feel after him. Watch this, and find him though he be not far from every one of us. I need to let somebody know, hey, God is not far from you. Don't let the devil fool you. Don't let the devil make you because of what you're going through, make you feel like God is in some distant land. I need you to know you can just reach out into, somebody ought to just reach out. And that's God where you're at right now? Hey, we told God earlier, Holy Spirit, overflow. Holy Spirit, fill this place. You ought to just reach out and feel God. The devil will make you think that God is far away. But I stop by here to let you know that in the midst of what you're going through, the devil is a liar. God is not far away. Yeah, we missed the mark, but God is not far away. Yes, we fall short of the glory of God, but God is not far away. Yeah, let me close with this. Verse number 28. Look, I'm done. For in him, ah, this is the part I had to get to. For in him, we live and move and we have our very being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offsprings. Ah, I feel like jumping over this desk right now because I understand and I know that it's in God that I move. It's in God that I live. It's in God that I have my being. It's God the reason I have my help. It's God that I have my strength. Yeah, we sing a song, God is my everything. Have I got a witness that God is? Is there anybody that will declare that God is my everything? I can't do nothing without God. Without God, I could do nothing. Without God, I would fail. Without God, I would be drifted like a ship without a sail. And so the devil is a liar. When I go outside and I look up in the sky, I can't help but hear the sky preaching to me about the majesty of God, about the power and the essence of our living God. How many of y'all know God is alive? God is not dead. Hey, somebody, you need to know God is not dead. He's yet alive. How do I know that he's alive? I feel him in my hands. I feel him in my feet. I feel him all over me. And I'm able to do like David said that the heavens have done. The heavens have declared the glory of God. Anybody feel like declaring the glory of God? I said, anybody feel like declaring the glory of God? Even though our vocabulary is not sufficient, yeah, but you still ought to give him honor. 
Hey, you ought to steal me. That's why I don't understand how we can pump and prime people to glorify God and how we have to pump and prime people to praise the Lord. Hey, even with what we praise him with, it's not even, my God, sufficient. It cannot even convey the real glory of God. Oh, but somebody here today, you might be feeling down. You might be feeling out. You might be feeling sick. You might be feeling depressed. You might be feeling like it's all over. You might be saying this pandemic is too much for me. But David got another word for you. David said, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and even lift them up the everlasting doors. And what the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up the everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. Somebody ought to declare it. Say the Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. He is my way maker. He is my healer. He is my strong tower. He is my bridge over troubled waters. He is my everything. Yeah, he's a supplier of all my needs. He is my shepherd. He's my victory. He's my rock in the weary land. He's my friend that's still closer than, every, than any brother. God is my everything. And so, yes, there's a sermon in the skies. Next time you go outside, look up and let God talk to you. Let God talk to you. David said he manifests himself by his presence. And he manifests himself with his person, the very nature of God. You can see the handiwork of God. Look around you, stop complaining. Ah, look around you. Look at the handiwork of God. If you're in the room with somebody right now, turn around and look at him. If you're in the, if you're in the house by yourself, find the mirror. Look in the mirror. Look at the handiwork of God. Look in the mirror. If you might be in the house by yourself, Look at your computer screen. You ought to be able to see a reflection of yourself. Look on Zoom and look at yourself. I know some of y'all been looking at yourself ever since you've been on here. Make it big. Make yourself big. It don't matter right now. Make yourself big. Take a good look at you. You can see yourself on Zoom. Look at you. Look at you. And then say, my God, look at the handiwork of God. Because God took nothing. And God made something out of your life, Brother Matthew, since you want to be in the screen. Hallelujah. God took you. And he made something beautiful out of your life. God took some liars. God took some backbiters. God took some folk that was on strung out on drugs. God took some folk who wouldn't dare want to share their testimony in public. Hallelujah. Because it's too degrading and too embarrassing. But that's okay. Look at yourself. Say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Thank God for his glory. His glory picked me up, turned me around, gave me a new life, gave me a new start, and gave me a new beginning. And just like the heavens declared his glory, it's time now, saints, that we declare God's glory. Everywhere we go, tell somebody what the Lord has done. Tell somebody how magnificent God is, how wonderful he is, what a blessing he's been to your life, and what a blessing he can be to somebody else's life. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Nobody looking around, I'm done. 
the heavens have declared the glory of God. There's a sermon of the skies. Let's every time we go outside, let the Lord speak to your heart. You know, it, the, the, it's so vast. It's so vast until God will give you a different sermon every day. <laughs> I said, God will give you a different sermon every day if you just look up into the heavens, into the skies, and declare the glory of God. But God, I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your tender mercies. God, I thank you that the heavens have declared your glory. Not only your glory, but also the firmament of your power. God, I thank you because they don't just do it one day and quit. But day unto day, night unto night. God, I thank you because according to your word, every language can understand it. Because there's no speech. There is no speech. That's what a wonderful God you are. There's no language ah, where their voice is not heard. God, I say thank you. God, I praise you because as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and as a strong man run a race, God, I thank you that your word is perfect. That your word will convert the soul according to scripture. God, I pray for those who don't know your son, Jesus Christ, as their personal savior. God, I pray that you draw them before it's too late. God, they cannot come to you unless you draw them. God, I pray that you draw them before it's too late. God, you have declared that your word would not go forth void, but it would accomplish what you set out for it to accomplish. Save the sinner, reclaim the backslider, heal the sick and the afflicted everywhere. We rebuke death in the name of Jesus. God, we cast the devil out of the mind and out of the spirit. Loose your people now in the mighty name of Jesus. Take her to higher heights and deeper depths in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. There may be somebody that's listening, somebody who don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I want you to know it's not too late. As long as you have breath in your body, he's still saying, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them whiter than snow. All you have to do is just admit that you're a sinner. Yeah, and accept him into your life. By acknowledging that you are a sinner. Ah, and then be sorrowful for your sins. Repent of your sins. Tell the Lord that you're sorry for your sins. And tell him that you recognize the fact that you need forgiveness. Then all you got to do is just believe that uh, Jesus is the only begotten son of, of, of the father, that he died for your sins. They buried him. He rose on the third day. He ascended back to heaven and he's coming back again. And then confess your sins unto the Lord. And the Bible said he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. Today can be your day, a new start, a new beginning. He said when we confess our sins, he takes our sins and he casts them into a sea of forgetfulness to remember them no more. 
You need to understand that when you don't remember our sins, it's not that because he cannot remember, but it's because he chooses not to remember our sins. And so if you're one today, you bow your head and close your eyes and just repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge to you that I am a sinner and I am sorry for my sins and the life that I have lived. I need your forgiveness. I believe that your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, shed his precious blood on the cross at Calvary and died for my sins. And I am now willing to turn from my sins. And God, you said in your word that if we confess the Lord our God and believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead, that we shall be saved. Right now, I confess Jesus as my Lord with my heart I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. And so this very moment, I accept Jesus Christ as my own personal Savior. And according to his word, right now I am saved. And I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you are one that's listening, if you are one who has said that prayer, you repeated the prayer after me. I need you to do one other thing. I need you to go to our website. I'm going to put it up here on the screen. I need you to go to our website, www.greaterstlucogic.com. I want you to go to the contact portion. And I want you to go to the email, and I want you to send us an email just letting us know that I received Jesus Christ as my personal savior. There's some information that we want to send you. It's all free. Some information that we want to send you to help you with your new life in Jesus Christ. This is not about church membership. This is about becoming a part of the kingdom of God. You are now a part of the kingdom of God. But if Jesus was to come back right now, you go back with him to heaven and spend eternity with him. But as you live this life and as you live in this world, you're going to need some more teaching some more learning and I want to send you some material that will help you on your way. So go to Greater St. Luke, C-O-G-I-C dot com and send us an email so that we can respond to you. Amen. Today. God bless you. May heaven shine on all of you.